Welcome to the Real Clear Values podcast with Tom English. This is a podcast about values, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In this episode, I speak with Masood Hosseini, who is the first Afghan to win the Pulitzer Prize for a photo that he took in 2011. I speak with Masood about his journey as a photojournalist, why he got into it in the first place, wanting to tell the story of Afghanistan from the Afghan perspective. We also speak about the shocking recapture of the country by the Taliban earlier this year, the fall of Afghanistan, if you like, as well as the future of both Afghanistan and Masood himself. Masood Hossaini, thank you so much for your time to speak with me on the Real Clear Values podcast. Uh, thank you very much. I'm really interested at the start of this this conversation to to talk a little bit about your background, where you where you are based, where you were based when you first got into photojournalism. How how did you get into it, and and what was the the story of that? Yeah, well, I uh, um, I was born uh, in Kabul in 1981, and then. Uh, uh, due to communist regime uh, problems and cruelty to the society and my family. Uh, well, uh, we were fled to Iran uh, when I was a baby. And uh, well, um, I grew up in Iran. I finished high school and college there. And then after that, I uh, finished uh, my high school in Iran. Well, um, I uh, uh, grew up with Iranian. I studied in Iranian high school because I had a uh, UN blue ID card so I could use it. But uh, I was away from my own society. And when I finished the high school, <clears throat> I wanted to uh, just go back and see who am I, which I mean, who are Afghan people and all this. So I uh, decided to uh, uh, join a charity organization who were helping the refugees. And then uh, one time I went to an area which the really poor uh, refugees were living close to my own home, and it was 30 minutes by uh, car. And then when I went there, I saw a really bad situation. It was like a place that uh, um, people who were living there didn't have uh, anything. Like uh, mm. they didn't have road, they didn't have water, they didn't have home, they didn't ha- have anything, right? And they were living in a really, really bad situation. Some of them were making house uh, via like uh, garbage, right? Mm. So uh, it made me really uh, um, uh, kind of sad and um, I a bit shocked as well. And I really wanted to talk about it to the Iranian society. I thought that Iranian society do not know about the existence of these people. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, um, I wrote to some papers, they didn't really care. But when I sent uh, some pictures, it was really effective. Mm-hmm. So um, people from some reformist uh, uh, papers uh, communicate with me and said that, oh, where is this place? We were going to send the uh, uh, professional photographers for that and all this. And then um, they sent two photographers, one of the papers, and I was a fixer for them. Then I realized that, if, I mean, pictures really, really important because mm. you, you don't lie with the picture. 
and you can completely uh, um, uh, reflect the hundred percent truth with the uh, I mean picture, mm. and that's why that I start uh, uh, like I uh, worked nine months in a tailor shop to buy the, my first camera, mm. and then um, I uh, start taking pictures. And in 2002, I came to Kabul uh, after the 9-11 happened and all that uh, story. And, so so uh, just, then, just, to, just to check on, on that point there, yeah. Masood, that's, that's, the, the, the Taliban are out of power in Afghanistan then. Is, is that correct? Yes. In, yeah. uh, well, in 2002, um, they, uh, in, in March, when I entered to my country, uh, Taliban were, were, were gone for four months, mm. right? So um, then um, um, when I entered to Afghanistan, I was thinking that how and what should I do for my homeland? Because mm. I was so excited to go back to my homeland. Uh, and I felt that uh, whatever it is in that country is mine. Mm. And I have uh, like, um, I have home, right? But my country, my homeland was uh, destroyed. It was totally mm. destroyed. And then uh, I, I said, okay, so because the international community came and a lot of uh, promises. So why not if I uh, document by my own profession, I document the reconstruction and be a source for the photography mm and photos for Afghanistan. So mm. I start my job as a photographer. And also I, uh, uh, I mean, joined AINA, uh, organization run by uh, Reza and Manucher Dekati, two famous photographer in the world. And then um, I start, uh, uh, slowly started to take pictures of the building, which is destroyed. And then they were, they became changed and they rebuilt it or some new buildings, new roads and all this. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, the war got serious after 2003 and four. Mm. And then um, I uh, kind of had to change uh, to covering war, you know, because I wanted to be source, right? Yes. I wanted to uh, be the main person who has everything in the photos. And I didn't want that the, um, other media or anywhere, uh, I mean, uh, find uh, the pictures through other foreign photographers. Or in the future, if they needed a picture, then why they should go to, uh, I don't know, uh, a London library or mm. somewhere else to find the photos about Afghanistan, mm. the way that myself had that problem. When yeah, I was yeah. in Iran, whenever I was looking for a photo, the photo was taken by a, a British soldier, or mm. I don't know, it was inside the British library. It wasn't um, for Afghanistan, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Just on, so, just on that yeah. point, Masood, so, sorry, just to, just to cut in there, because I think this is a really important point, actually, because what you're talking about, what it sounds like to me, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what it sounds like to me is what you're saying is you, you as an Afghani, you want to be the one to tell the story you don't want exactly. to have you don't want the foreigners to come in and say right we're going to be the ones yeah. to take the pictures we're going to be the ones to write the articles right this is how the narrative is you instead want to take you want to take charge of that because 
you are from Afghanistan and that is your homeland. Is that is that correct? Yes. Well, I wanted to tell the story myself. Yeah. And at the same time, I wanted to own the picture. So it means mm. that Afghanistan would own the picture yeah, and sure. the credit. So that was really important for me. And that's why that I start, um, I mean, covering war uh, when I joined AFP in 2006. And uh, then, uh, uh, well, I uh, insist, uh, I mean, and uh, try uh, and ask AFP to send me embedding with the troops to find out that how the war against terrorism is going on, right? Mm. So I, 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 had, I was doing the embeds with American soldiers, British soldiers, French soldiers, and many other NATO troops and uh, uh, recording and uh, taking pictures uh, like his, it for me was historical pictures that mm. like uh, uh, um, uh, US Marine soldiers walk in a village and then children come around him. Well, then um, uh, what happening and then war was going on then uh, a sol uh, U.S. soldiers died uh, in front of me because of a bomb and all this. Mm. At the same time, the daily life and the uh, development, cultural development, I was uh, witness of uh, um, a lot of concerts for the first time after a long time in Afghanistan. And it was completely a uh, free uh, atmosphere. There was a lot of freedom for the girls which I never had uh, experienced that in Iran before. So mm. I, I kind of like became the recording, the history for Afghanistan in the pictures. Mm. And uh, then, um, well, because of uh, this motivation, um, well, um, I, I could find my way into the, a lot of international media and I um, through AFP and also sometimes as a freelancer, I uh, was like um, giving them my own pictures and my mm -hmm. own view that mm -hmm. I was looking and uh, witnessing uh, for my own country. Yeah, yeah. So, so you were taking all sorts of pictures. So, so like you say, you, you went in there with the intention of photographing, documenting through photographs, reconstruction, if you like, reconstruction of the, con the country. And then that yeah. shifted, didn't it? So, so instead you were thinking yes. more in terms of, more in terms of war, you know, this is the situation's not exactly as you as you expected it to be. But yes. you were taking all sorts of pictures, right? So you're taking pictures right. of the combat and the war and suicide bombs going off, but you're also taking pictures of these momentous occasions, like you say, like a yes. concert's happening. Or I think I saw in one of the videos that that I watched of yours where there's a girl on a like a, a merry-go-round or a swing at, at a fair, and and, yeah. and you captured the joy in her face. So you're capturing all sorts of stuff, aren't you? Yes, well, um, I, I was taking uh, and capturing those pictures, uh, part of the life going on in the war, and uh, then uh, uh, just showing that how much my society was trying to be part of like a normal international uh, community, let's say, a normal member of the international community. So, um, uh, the, the young generation, my generation that time, were uh, training and learning a lot of things and experiencing a lot of normal things that the 
other countries were doing. Like um, the girls uh, wanted to uh, learn uh, and play like, let's say soccer while doing a lot of sports like Taekwondo, even dance. And uh, then uh, concerts and well, uh, a lot of, uh, I mean, uh, activities that it's completely normal for a, a Western society. So people, my generation, was that brave to experience all that in Afghanistan. And I was the person to record it. Mm. And well, it's true that I was doing that for AFP that time and then in uh, for AP, but now I have this uh, everything, I have the photos. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, um, unfortunately now that we lost Afghanistan and I don't know what will, uh, when, uh, uh, can we take back Afghanistan or Afghanistan will be separated, federated to several countries or whatever. But I still, I have that all pictures with me and I can talk about my 20 years time that I experienced in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about that photo that you took in December 2011, if I'm not mistaken, the holy day of Ashura. Yeah, well, uh, um, that ceremony I uh, was uh, is a really important ceremony, the main religious ceremony for a sh- for a Shia minority in Afghanistan. So, and because I am from those people, I covered that uh, story uh, all until uh, two thousand eleven with no problem, hmm. and then um, yeah, because it's it was a religious ceremony. And then on that day, 6th uh, of December, 2011, and I went as normal to cover that the story and that ceremony, which, um, um, well, um, I uh, met the, uh, uh, I mean, the girl with the green, with the really bright green dress, which normally um, is saying about a story from like, 1,400 years ago, which happened in the, um, around that Ashura story. And there were some uh, boys that being beheaded by the bad people. And then um, Shia uh, people performed that uh, using the Arabic clothes, giving, uh, uh, trying to dress the boys for to remind that story. But that time, a girl did that. And uh, well, it was interesting for me because I knew this history, the story. And then uh, I really wanted to um, I mean, capture that. She was too shy. She was attached to her mother. And uh, when the new group came uh, from south of Kabul, uh, another city. So uh, that uh, group, uh, were singing the religious song in Pashto. So I, I decided to go ahead and record the video and uh, uh, have the um, sound and everything, and then come back and take the picture of this uh, girl. When mm-hmm. I went there and I uh, play uh, and record the video, then after several seconds, the explosion happened b- behind me. And I was thrown out through on the uh, I mean street 
uh, well, I stood up. It was too difficult for me. I was wounded in my hand. And then I couldn't balance myself at all. But I thought that, okay, something happened and I'm there and it's my responsibility to show it. I didn't know that it's explosion because I never thought. So I saw that people are running away from a place that there are a lot of smoke. So I ran uh, exactly in the opposite of others. And I got to the big smoke. And then when the smoke just got down and disappeared, I found myself in the center of the big circle, all dead and destroyed bodies. So mm. that's why that I got a bit shocked and uh, start crying. And uh, at the same time, try to take pictures and also uh, my body starts shaking because I was on the uh, that attack and then the wave of the explosion normally shook your bones from inside, which is a really bad uh, pain. And I, I couldn't really um, control myself. And I stood in one place and just tried the picture from surrounding myself. Well, after that, um, I watched the pictures and the video that I made. Then I re realized that I was standing at the same place that the um, suicide attacker uh, explored her, himself there. Mm -hmm. So I, I was exactly in the same spot. And then when I went to the right side, so, um, and I still was taking picture, then I saw that a color, a famous color, is going around and moving, but I didn't remember what was it. So um, I knew that it is something that I, I, I saw it before, but I really didn't remember what was it because of the shock. Mm. So I um, passed the bodies. Uh, I walked, uh, unfortunately, beside the bodies and tried to be in front of that color. And I got there and I start taking pictures. Then I saw in the vision of my camera that the girl in the green uh, was shouting and asking help and showing somebody in front of her legs. Mm. And and this, just, just to pause here, sorry, Masood, just to pause here a moment. This is the same girl in the green dress that you'd been working with previously that you said was, was quite shy, is, yes. is that correct? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it was that girl, but it was a big um, uh, cut off, you know, it was a big yeah. pause because of the explosion. Sure. So I couldn't remember, right? Mm. Then when I start taking picture in front of her, for sure that something came to my mind, but it wasn't time to go on, right? Because I was only taking pictures. And then she was showing somebody. And then uh, another man came and left a boy right in front of her leg and uh, then the boy head was completely destroyed and then the guy put it back and uh, just uh, tell it to me that he's dead mm. and put that boy back and uh, uh, later i found out that uh, he was her uh, uh, brother right and mm. uh, she lost her brother and many other cousins and the other relatives. They were all in the same place. 
and she was totally shocked and she was screaming, uh, screaming. And then I took that picture uh, and that shot. And then uh, I left that scene. It was too uh, heavy for me. Mm. So I left that scene. Then there was a lot going on everywhere. Uh, people uh, putting bodies top of each other on a car. I took picture of that and some other things. Then I felt that my left hand, which was injured, um, exactly this part, mm. it's pain. It's painful, and the uh, the uh, uh, bl- blood is around my camera, right? So uh, I I had to leave. And um, I went to other side of the river because this happened close to Kabul River. I passed a bridge. The car was there the, from AFP. I got into the car and I went to the office. I sent uh, all the pictures, but I couldn't write the captions. I called them and I told the captions. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I gave the interview as well. I sent the videos as well. I did everything which a photojournalist should do. Mm. I got the video, I sent the information, and then I got the pictures. So um, then uh, I um, kind of asked my brother, came to kind of um, uh, work on my hand, pansamum. I don't know what we call it in English. So, and then, uh, well, later I left home but because there was a lot going on in my head, in head, in my head, and I couldn't even leave that place, you know, it, it mm. was all around my um, brain, you know. Sure. And uh, well, it was it was a mistake actually to drive on that situation, and then I had a um, accident. Mm. Well, I left the car and go. I went home. Mm. And then um, and, and next day I went to the hospital for my hand. And in the afternoon, I um, uh, uh, tried to find the family of the girl to see what happened and what was the story. And when um, we found the uh, I mean, uh, family and I was going there, I really was scared that maybe her father uh, uh, would be so angry uh, at me because I showed the family like that, and another woman with the, with no scarf also in there. But I just tried. I said that anyway. I have to go. Probably I find a way to continue the story. Mm-hmm. And when I knocked the door, and then the father came, and I just introduced myself and said that I'm the photographer on that photo. Then he hugged me and said that. Thank you, Masood, that you shared our pain with all the world. So wow, yeah, that's incredible, and it, it's yeah. really incredible. It really strikes me, Masood, that you did something entirely unnatural in that situation when you, you've just been you've just been in some sort of blast radius of an explosion. You don't really know what's going on. You're in a complete state of shock. You see yeah. flames of of smoke. Everybody running away from the smoke. You yes. run back towards the smoke. What possesses yeah. you to do that? Well, first of all, uh, I felt responsible to do it. And as I told you, I wanted to record everything about Afghanistan. So um, that was a big motivation for me to run in many wars in front of a lot of bullets in a lot of explosions, right? 
And well, I was so lucky that I never get really bad or really serious injury of it or lose a, a member of my body or I die. You know, I was lucky, but that was the motivation that I had. So I felt responsible to cover that. Mm-hmm. I felt responsible to photograph whatever people, uh, 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 my people, the people of my homeland was going through, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. um, that's why that in, in many stories, I was first that I arrived. I was fast and first arrived there because I always looking for that kind of thing to record. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, um, it, it, yeah, it, 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 the same motivation uh, was the, I mean, cause that I ran to the smoke and uh, record that picture. Mm. Yeah, and and that photo, it, it, it actually won the Pulitzer Prize, didn't it, in 2012 for breaking yeah. news photography. So, so how did how did that work out? How did how did Pulitzer get get hold of it, or the Pulitzer Committee get hold of it? And 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 what what was that process like for you? Well, um, and as as I was really, uh, I mean, busy with all the story, uh, AFP uh, uh, already, I mean, submit that uh, picture for WordPress photo and Pulitzer and many other awards, and um, I won Pulitzer Prize with it and the WordPress photo second prize also in breaking news. And then several other prizes like the photo of the year and all this as a first. So, and uh, then um, it gave me a great stage that I talk about the uh, ugly face of the war Mm. and ugly face of the violence. And then I try my best to talk about it. I tried um, also to talk about what's going on in Afghanistan and why uh, the international community should be in Afghanistan mm. and help us to um, achieve peace somehow. Well, unfortunately, everything is ruined now and I lost my country and lost my homeland again. I'm so sorry about that, Masood. It, it's, it's terribly... It's terribly difficult. I know it's difficult for for people in the American and the British militaries and, and, and other militaries in, in in the Allies who who were in that in, in Afghanistan in that period and who who did feel like they, they really went there to make a difference and do their level best. And, and I know there's a yes. huge amount of I mean it, it, it's not don't get me wrong, it, it's it's obviously <laughs> felt most heavily by by the Afghan people, but but the, the, there are people who who who, who sympathize very greatly with you and your yeah. people as well. And yeah, you know, uh, it just reminded me one of the um, Marines soldiers, 22 years that I met in um, Garmsir, south of Helmand, that um, we were together, I was embedding with them and then a, a bomb, a, a mine uh, explode and he was driving the vehicle. And then he got, uh, 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 I mean, uh, really bad injuries in the feet, right? Her, his feet was broken, the bones. But uh, then uh, the helicopters uh, came and I was in that helicopter too, the Medevac helicopter. 
and we um, evacuated uh, him to a bigger hospital, but because of the fear and the explosion and the shock, his um, heart was stopped in front of me in the helicopter mm. and he died, right? But, you know, uh, before that, when I was talking to that team or that platoon, well, they thought that uh, they are in Afghanistan for bringing a big change about the, in the region even, you know, yeah. bringing democracy, bringing justice. They didn't know how Afghan society is, you know, mm -hmm. and a 22 years old Marine for sure that doesn't have any, I mean, many experience about the politics or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now I think that uh, they're all, uh, I mean, lost their life and uh, blood and they made a big disaster for their family by losing their own life, but for nothing. Mm. Yeah, Taliban so are back. And then uh, a lot of other terroristic group right now, they're getting base in mm. Afghanistan. Al-Qaeda is getting back. IS is getting back. Haqqani Network, who killed a lot of uh, uh, I mean, people and terrorized a lot of foreigners are back. Haqqani got the interior ministry. Mm. And uh, the main uh, people in the dark or terrorist list of the US and the UN is on the government of Taliban right now and got all the weapon that Western countries uh, donated to Afghanistan. And they are I can say that clearly that they are the most powerful and the most wild terroristic group in the world now. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really quite, it, it's really incredible. It, 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 it's mind boggling to so many people that, that that situation occurred as it did. And okay, granted people may say that they didn't expect it to happen like that, but but for it to happen as it did and for, all of that material and all of those armaments to fall into to the hands of terrorists as, as easily as they did is just is really incredible it's really quite something i'd just like to go back um masood if i may just just to the kind of your expectations of the trajectory in in afghanistan because from a video of yours that i watched you said that you you expected peace in in 2010 or 2011 but it didn't happen and and you were critical of of America and the allies for not trying to change the culture in Afghanistan, for only buying things like the armaments, but not trying to change the culture mm. and not trying to, or, or not doing well enough at introducing the idea of peace into Afghanistan. So, yeah. so what, what, what to your mind should they have done differently and how could they have been more effective in changing the culture and introducing the idea of peace? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, um, it, there was some um, really big mistake that happened by NATO and the US and Western countries that they didn't listen to us, right? To us means that my generation, that we, we were educated, we know the history, we, we knew the culture, we knew the um, uh, politics, Right, and we know the surrounding Afghanistan's politics as well. 
They were fooled by one person, Mr. Khalilzad, who was uh, like uh, Pashtun and the same tribe as Taliban with their own politics, and uh, a, a politician from Pakistan, right? Just imagine that everybody knows it is clear like a day that Pakistan is uh, supporting terrorism and Taliban and invade Afghanistan, but President Obama was um, donating $1 billion to, uh, to Pakistani army, mm. right? So that was the mistake that they were doing it, right? We, I and my friends, we tried many times, we communicate many times with the NATO and the US officials that please listen to us. Mm. We can change the culture from the war to the peace, yeah. but we need your support. We made a, 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 a campaign called Let's Talk. First, the NATO and the US embassy accept to support us, but later, because President Karzai uh, was against it, they didn't do it, right? Mm. My main uh, criticizing is that why the US and the NATO didn't want to find uh, and uh, I mean, listen to us that we uh, were uh, trying to make the new narrative and mm. the, the reality to Afghanistan, right? Mm. Whatever came about the ethnicity, ethnic politics and all this was coming from one ethnic group to mm. the, the world, right? Mm. If you see all the documents in Britain, uh, in the London uh, uh, like uh, library is about one tribe, mm. right? But the majority of the population is included of the three other tribes, right? Yeah. But Pashtuns uh, dominated the, uh, I mean, uh, power by the help of the British, like hundred years ago, whatever. Mm. And after that, also they kept, uh, I mean, uh, dominating the power, right? Mm. At the same time, the other ethnicities, like the three others, Hazaras, uh, Uzbeks, and Tajiks, were uh, uh, culturally were much much peaceful compared to the Pashtun tribes, mm. right? And again, because uh, uh, in these 20 years, because the um, uh, power was uh, uh, dominated by Pashtun leaders and Pashtun politicians, and the US also had a, a special envoy from the Pashtun tribe, so they couldn't understand it. Mm. It is also difficult for Westerners to understand the ethnic politics of Afghanistan. Sure. So in these 20 years, we tried a lot to make and create the new narratives, right? And that's why that the, the Pashtun as a dominant group of power tried to destroy everything to keep the power and they did. And mm. now, there is nothing that we can do. Even they do not use Persian 
language in any uh, official, uh, I mean, letters or anything right now. But Persian language is the 90% of the country that is the mutual uh, language for all other ethnicities, hmm. right? Like Uzbek with the Uzbeki language can talk and communicate with a Pashtun guy through Persian. Hmm. Tajik is a Persian. Hazara language is Persian, right? And a lot of Pashtun people also, uh, I mean, talk Persian, right? Yeah. But right now, Taliban completely destroyed and canceled everything about this. Mm. So uh, Taliban do not uh, share the power to anyone. You cannot mm. find any of these ministers that they have right now who are from another ethnicity, mm. right? So for sure that the war won't stop. Mm. The civil war will happen soon. Well, so, so you talk about alternative narratives, Masood. What what were the alternative narratives? What were the new narratives that should have been put forward for, for peace building? What, what was the vision that should have been put forward well, and supported by the US and its allies? Yeah, well, they just uh, should uh, let the other ethnicities to speak up, you know? Mm. And for sure that the other ethnicities uh, needed more peace because of the history, mm. right? Who need the peace? the other three ethnicities, because they were always on the cruelty of the Pashtun domination system, mm. right? And they, um, uh, when I say we means the non-Pashtuns, we try that. We try to make understand the Westerners that why we need to be in the power, why you need to work with us yeah. and support us and uh, why that the um, 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 count, counting um, the population, what, what is the word for that? Count, when you count the population oh, a, a, of- a, is it a, a census. A, yeah. Yeah, census. Creating, yeah, it should be in the right way, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know that one of the biggest uh, problem that we had about the uh, electronic ID was uh, writing the name of the Afghan in everybody's ID. We were not happy with that. We were not mm. agree with that. Why? Because Afghan comes from the Pashtun name, tribe name, mm, right? Okay. Their name is Awran, right? And then they make that Auron name as a, ethnic, as a nationality for everyone. Mm -hmm. So then the Western and other countries all will, will think that, okay, then uh, Auron and Pashtun are the majority, mm. which was not, it's not true. So we want that, uh, that our own nationality also should be written in the ID. Mm -hmm. And that's why that the electronic ID was postponed for more than 10 years. Mm. Why? Because the Pashtun president never wanted that happen. Mm. Even uh, the parliament, par parliament in Afghanistan passed the law that it should be started. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this was the, I mean, things 
the um, issues that we want that the allies, the international allies, know it and understand it and find mm. out about it. But they didn't. Yeah. The only, um, yeah, the only uh, kind of um, um, official uh, uh, country, let's say officials from a country that listened to me, it's interesting, was uh, Dutch. Right. When I last time in 2018, I came here, I made a, uh, a, a like, um, what do you call, um, presentation inside foreign ministry. Then I told them, this is the reality. Mm. Just listen to me. Mm. And then they officially record whatever I uh, said about the other ethnicities, the, their culture, their uh, population, and all this. And that mm. was the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? That yeah. local people aren't listened to us. And I think this is this is a problem pretty much globally, isn't it, really? This idea yeah. of, of elitism, if you want to call it, where yeah. people in power talk to the other right. people in power and not so much the, the you know, the, the, the like you say, the, the majority of the population to figure out really what is, really what is actually going on and what what is really important. You you spoke also, Masood, in, in the previous video that I, I checked out about problem, some problems in Afghan culture beyond bullets and bombs. So you mentioned things like dog fighting and cock fighting and things yeah. like that. How can how can changing those cultural practices or habits within within the country, how can that help to bring about peace? Well, you know, um... Education was really important to change the culture, mm. right? Because people could think about uh, whatever was going on. Mm. I uh, saw many young uh, people that their fathers were part of the gambling in the dog fightings, the bird fighting and all this, that they didn't like that because they were educated, mm. right? And a lot of uh, fightings were going on in our culture, unfortunately. And that's why that this country all the time is fighting. It's a mm. kind of a competition all the time, right. right? But the only way for that was um, education. And uh, well, uh, th that is one of the reasons that also myself joined AUAF, American University, and I start the second a major for myself as a political science student to learn with the Afghan people because mm -hmm. I grew up in Iran. So I wanted to be in an acad academic environment with Afghan, uh, I mean, Afghanistan new generation also. Mm -hmm. And we were, I mean, studying really, really well about a lot of updated and international uh, I mean, uh, uh, subjects about the world history and politics. And then um, Taliban attack uh, on our uh, university and made a big drama for us, right? Mm. And that shows that Taliban knew that education uh, will uh, be the only, uh, I mean, uh, a solution for that uh, country that um, we were trying to, I mean, bring uh, a, a really great system, right? Mm. Uh, we, we were trying to bring justice, equality, and everything, you know? But mm. before that, we should know about it. We should yeah. learn about it. And education was the only 
uh, key for it. But unfortunately, if you see in these 20 years, it was really, really less interest of the world to work on that, hmm. right? American university was as ex exceptional. We tried myself, I campaigned a lot for it. We really tried uh, that happen. Mm -hmm. And well, when it happened, and then you could see that the uh, graduates from um, AUAF were everywhere in a really great, uh, I mean, uh, uh, positions and jobs and businesses, mm -hmm. right? But what's going and, on is right that, now? Is that in Afghanistan then? Yes, Afghanistan, yeah. American University of Afghanistan, AUAF. Yeah. Yeah, and those those graduates are then going on to kind of make the place better by starting businesses, by getting positions in existing exactly. businesses, and yeah. exactly, yeah, many organization media, um, like a lot of great businesses, were doing by the uh, I mean graduates uh, uh, students from AUAF, right? Mm -hmm. But just imagine right now, what, right now I'm talking to you. AUAF become a Taliban uh, a military base, mm. right? They, uh, their soldiers, uh, their fighters are using the dorm that my classmates and my people, actually, my friends, were making a lot of um, great memories and great history for Afghanistan, mm. right? Mm. The classes that we were being, we were studying right now is a, base for the Taliban, uh, I mean, soldiers, I don't know what they're doing there, right? Mm. What happened to our computers and all those great uh, equipments that we made it for AUAF, right? Yeah. This, is, this shows that um, they were against the, the education and they are against education and they will destroy the uh, education system at all. Uh, I mean, in all, all of it, right? Mm. And we are witnessing right now that they ban girls. It is 47, I think, days that the girls cannot go to school and high school right now. Mm. And it's, it's really sad and it's really bad. Yeah, so let's just take this back kind of to first principles, if, if we can call it that. What is it besides, besides power, besides domination over the territory or the, the country or the region, what is it that the Taliban actually want? Well, um, you know, um, uh, as, as I, I told you, first comes like a power, as they think that Afghanistan is their country. Mm. And one of the uh, one of their, uh, I mean, the Pashtun intellectuals and uh, educated already wrote this, that the other ethnicities should uh, get out of Afghanistan and immigrate to their own countries, which we don't know what does it mean. Hmm. So this is the first thing that the Pashtun uh, tribe doesn't matter, the technocrats or terrorists, they don't dominated the power for themselves. Why? Because um, uh, the area that the Pashtun uh, uh, are living is a really has a really less resources for the life. So mm. many resources, agriculture and everything is in the north and the center. So for them, 
Uh, I mean, having and ruling the country means having the resource for their own people, mm. right? But mm. this is not going to work because other ethnicities will fight for their own rights too, right? Sure. And uh, well, beside this, for sure, it, it comes to the idea of the uh, Islamic terrorist group, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, um, making, uh, uh, excuse me to uh, just uh, rephrase it like this again. Um, in the history of Afghanistan, uh, Pashtuns who had the power, the kings, they believed that Afghanistan never become a uh, colonized. Right. And it was the first um, country in the world, Islamic country in the world that uh, had the constitution as an Islamic constitution in mm. 1924, right? Okay. And uh, well, um, then uh, this, uh, I mean, um, uh, kind of um, a group like Taliban who follow Abdurrahman Khan politics, the first king that who tried to make Afghanistan as a country. Mm. Well, he called himself Amir and ruled the country so with so much violence. Yeah. He massacred Hazaras, he massacred Tajiks, he massacred uh, a lot of Uzbeks, took their lands, and then um, tried to inject Pashtuns on that areas. Exactly mm. the uh, way the strategy that Taliban are doing it right now. Mm. Interesting. You, you suggested a solution. I saw on one of your social media posts, you, you wrote, so, so a few months ago, this now I think, but you wrote, if peace approaches in my motherland, I will train some of the young Taliban soldiers who didn't kill anyone yet, how to record beauty of life and nature of this land. I will train them how to look and know beauty, how to live in love. Photography art brings peace. Yeah. Well, uh, that uh, I wrote that when the... Um, um, peace process was going on, right? Mm. I, I was a bit probably positive about it. I didn't know that uh, which big trick is behind that. I didn't sure. know that um, how Khalilzad um, and Ashraf Ghani is betraying us and betraying the West, right? So I wrote that, that if the, I mean, peace happened, I'll do that. I'll, yeah. I'll do it voluntarily. I'll go to the, uh, I mean, villages and the places that the young Taliban soldier are there. And I teach them photography, like without any charges or anything, you know, mm -hmm. just to let them know that um, you can go to other beautiful part of Afghanistan with the camera, not mm -hmm. to go to invaded by the gun. Yeah. A lot of those soldiers, in these 20 years, they didn't see the beauty of Afghanistan. They didn't see Badakhshan. They didn't see Bamiyan. They didn't see Samangan or Herat, right? Hmm. And uh, well, when I uh, make the exhibition, a photo exhibition in Khost, in one of the cities in the South, like long time ago, like 10 years ago, something. So uh, there were some of the Pashtun young generation and the students that they were so happy to see like the Bande Amir Lake 
Mm. They never thought that Afghanistan is that much beautiful, right? Mm. But our our Let's Talk campaign was about it, right? We wanted to do it, but Karzai didn't let us to do it, Mm. right? So it means that the Pashtun leaders, even these technocrats came and supported by the West, especially Ghani, that the Europe, EU and US support the fraud for him, right? In the election, they they didn't want that the Pashtun young generation come and talk and uh, uh, like communicate with other ethnicities because they didn't want to lose the power, right? right. They, went, they wanted to get the power by weapon, by war. Mm. And they did as the whole history. And here, uh, the US and uh, other countries never thought about it and never wanted to bring any solution for it. They brought the democracy, but by uh, supporting fraud in elections, they destroyed yeah. democracy. Interesting. So, so they built they built democracy on on false foundations, and, and inevitably, as as you would expect, it it crumbled and fell. Um, I've got to ask Masood. You mentioned about young Afghans not realizing how beautiful their country is. Have you have you seen that? Have you seen that frequently, where people have had their eyes opened about the beauty in, in Afghanistan, and it, it's it's changed them, it's transformed them? Have you have you seen that happen? Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, I did see a lot of, I mean, um, uh, people that when they saw the pictures, uh, then they realized that oh my God, like let's say for example, Banda Amir is so beautiful. Let's go there, mm. right? Or Herat or Badakhshan is so beautiful. Right now, even in the social media and Twitter, there are some um, campaign about it. It still is going on that showing that how beautiful Afghanistan is, then please do not destroy it, Mm. right? So, uh, uh, well, I I start and I did a lot for that. I gave a lot of pictures. Even right now, I try to give my good pictures to many campaigns uh, just talk about Afghanistan beauties, right? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, uh, something that I can do um, still uh, through my, um, I mean, pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, like, like you said before, I find it interesting that contrast that you raised at the start of the conversation where you weren't getting much, much traction by sending people stories in text about yeah. what was happening. But then when you started sending them pictures, all of a sudden mm. it opened up avenues. It caught people's hearts and minds. It caught people's attention exactly. in terms of what, what's happening, what the situation is for, for good and, and, and for ill as well. I'd like to go mm. back to, to talking a little bit more about you now, if that's okay, Masood, and your experience. There's something that really struck me that I came across you saying on a video. You, you said, when I'm sleeping, I see war. I see dead bodies. I always suffer. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, that was um, like um, that quote is from long time ago, probably a few years back. Uh, after the attack on the uh, um, uh, AUAF, the university, and the drama that I had there, so the PTSD uh, which I was um, dealing with got really powerful. 
in mm. in my life, right? And then it brought me a lot of nightmares, a lot of uh, difficulties. I, um, I mean, um, it it destroyed my life. It it destroyed even my marriage, right? Mm. And uh, well, I couldn't control anything because it wasn't on my hand. Something happened uh, through all the shocks that I had and it stayed in my brain and then I couldn't control it. Something else was controlling me. And then um, I realized that uh, myself, I'm a a victim too, right? Mm. Beside being... uh, wounded in many explosions or many other things, this uh, effect of the war in my life will stay in my life forever. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you cope with that and, and try to work through it? Oh, well, um, for sure it was so difficult. And then uh, I came to, uh, well, I, uh, I, I was looking for a, a kind of like treatment or assist. Then um, there was a suggestion of a small organization in Holland, uh, Defenders in Dordrecht, that they uh, 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 offered me a fellowship and uh, trying to help uh, the defenders who had this kind of situation. And then um, uh, by, I mean, giving them uh, rest and um, opportunity to live in uh, Holland and uh, kind of have a peaceful life for for sometimes. So I came to Holland and then um, I decided to get rid of these nightmares and everything. And then um, I realized that I can find a a professional that uh, to help me and assist me to uh, kind of find a way. And then um, it was an Iranian friend of mine, a really famous journalist for a Dutch TV. He uh, introduced me to an another Iranian specialist. So she helped me with uh, uh, like many different methods and uh, ways. One of them was EDMR that I uh, tried to take all that memories and those uh, shocks which stuck in some part of the brain to go and being archived, let's say. This is the way that I explain it. You know, it's so much difficult and complicated, but um, this is the way that I can explain. Mm. So I used that method. And uh, in in the end of that, I saw a really, really different and uh, effective uh, and a big effect on myself, which it totally changed everything for me. I could see the colors the beauty exactly like before. Mm. And um, then the feelings, the way that I was uh, thinking, uh, my logic and everything get back, right? right? And But then I realized that I lost a lot of things anyway in my mm. life. But anyway, I just got back. And I went back to Afghanistan and uh, tried to work again. Uh, I, uh, as a freelancer, because uh, AP uh, uh, fired me uh, 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 when I uh, asked them for help and tried to ask them for assist for the PTSD and all things. Instead, they um, uh, uh, fired me 
because they yeah. didn't want to spend money probably. Is, is that anyway, the AP, sorry, just for clarity for people listening, AP is the Associated Press, is that right? Yes, yeah, right. The, okay. the organization that I was working with. So then I get back to Kabul and I start um, uh, uh, and get back to the news and the war and then uh, start, uh, I mean, uh, kind of covering war again. And I find out like, uh, let's say five, six months ago that the government is completely collapsed within inside. Mm -hmm. So um, me and my colleague uh, uh, from foreign policy, we went uh, to the um, war zones like three uh, four months ago, several war zones. And we were covering and then find the stories and uh, like uh, writing and taking picture of it. And then we understood and realized that the government is completely destroyed. Mm. The order was completely gone. The uh, centralization that the uh, Ghani did, nobody could decide only himself, mm. like a total uh, uh, dictator, right? Yeah. And he, he never um, uh, kind of uh, ordered to defeat Taliban, mm. right? And he gave all the power and everything back to the Taliban. And um, well, I understood that. And then I applied for a emergency uh, visa in the Holland. They gave me because I, at the same time, I applied for the green card. I was waiting for it, but I didn't know when. Sure. So that's why that I used the Dutch visa as a plan B, which this plan B saved my life. And I came yeah. to Holland in the 15th of August, the same day which Kabul also was fallen on the hand of Taliban. Wow, that, that's really some coincidence. And it's really, it must, it must have been extremely dramatic for you to have seen that as you, you oh, flee yes. the country and, and Kabul falls. Um, yes. I actually, when, uh, when uh, because I knew that that would happen, yeah. And then I will lose my country forever, at least in my own life. Yeah. So um, when the um, plane was taking off, well, I cried really loud. Sure. In the plane, it was so difficult for me. Yeah. I can, I can, I, I can't even imagine. I'm, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna pretend to imagine. I'm, I'm so sorry that it, it's transpired like that. I have to, I have to ask now because. I like to think about moving forward as well. And, and for you, you are out of Afghanistan. You did make it out of Afghanistan. You're in Holland at the moment. So what is your vision for the future now? In my own life or for Afghanistan? Yeah, uh, for your own life first. Then we'll talk about Afghanistan. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I lost my country and I lost myself, hmm. right? All of my plans are destroyed. And all of the decision I made for my own country, it's not useful anymore. So I don't have anything, you know, I, I don't have identity. I don't have like uh, home. I don't have, um, uh, even I don't have the bank account, which is, I have a lot of problem right now with it. Mm. And uh, I don't have job. I don't have subject, you know. So I lost everything. 
And I'm trying to find a way back to get back to the life. Mm. First of all, I have to find a place to settle, yeah. right? I have to find a country that I get in and have the right to live and to work, mm. right? And then try and plan for other things. You know, the first, uh, in the 15th of September, uh, August, when I arrived to Amsterdam, I tweet this, that me, Masood Hosseini, I'm looking for a country because I lost the country. I lost my home, mm. right? And uh, well, um, right now I'm, I'm waiting for the um, immigration visa from the US. At the same time, I try to apply for the British uh, visa uh, if I can go to Britain and live there. So uh, these are the two options that I have right now uh, because my language, my second language is English, right? Yeah. Europe, um, uh, Holland, there are great places to live for sure. But uh, I know uh, myself that I need to be completely deep on the society, deep on the stories of the people, the local people. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that I need to be in a country which the language is English. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Going back to, to your thoughts on Afghanistan then, Masood, what's the way back from this? How can, how can the country be recovered from the Taliban, because this this seems like such a, a difficult problem to solve. It's a, a very tough nut to crack. So, so yeah. what, what do you think could be the solution to that? Well, you know, um, the solution is really difficult to be implemented for Afghanistan. A powerful uh, terroristic group is ruling the country now. They are being supported by Pakistan, which the West and NATO thought that Pakistan is a really good ally for them. Mm. So um, I can't see anything for the short time. Well, the um, civil war definitely will have started, right? Um, um, Genocide is going on right now against Mm. Shias and Hazaras. And uh, well, the country will fall completely or totally will be fallen. It will be, I mean, separated, you know? Mm. It, a lot of, I mean, probably four to five new countries will burn and then the, the war would be really much, you know? Mm. Well, um, the solution is kind of idealistic a bit. I can't see it as a reality. If the Westerns and the US and the NATO put pressure on uh, Pakistan, and then put pressure a lot on the Taliban, and they also support the resistance group to bring a balance. Mm. If Taliban accept, uh, I don't know, democracy or anything. If not, then they have to uh, be defeated, right? Uh, and then um, if we want to save this country, uh, we have to, um, I mean, get it back from mm. Pakistan. This is, uh, I mean, invasion from Pakistan. So we have to get it back. 
And when, if we get it back from Taliban and Pakistan, then uh, we have to go back and bring everybody, all the ethnicities back and make another democracy, right? Another republic. Otherwise, it will be the safe heaven for the terrorists, which is uh, going on right now. Or um, exactly like the Yugoslavia uh, solution, the world should help us to federate the country, right? Mm. To take it out, to, to separate it. Yeah. We, um, the Tajiks cannot accept that only Pashtun rules them and take their resources. Mm. Hazaras cannot accept to be a subject for genocide all the time because they're different with the Pashtuns, right? Mm. Exactly like the Uzbeks. So the only, I mean, uh, well, more realistic uh, solution, I think, for Afghanistan is separation and federative, let's say. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's so many, so many different moving parts going on there, so many different groups and, and interests. And like you say, it's the competition for, for, for power and for control of resources yeah. within, that, within that particular area. Is, exactly. there, anything, is, is there anything, Masood, that, that you've touched on what governments might be able to do to help Afghanistan and, and the Afghan people overcome the Taliban? Is there anything that individuals can do to help the Afghan people in the current context? Well, you know, um, Afghanistan is the uh, main subject for human rights, for the um, equality in the world and justice and everything. So, uh, well, the individual people should, uh, again, you know, uh, if some, some people really want to do anything is to go back, see the history, right, of Afghanistan, listen and talk to us, the non-Pashtun, uh, I mean, uh, educated people to find out for themselves that what is going on in Afghanistan, right? Mm. Unfortunately, some of the uh, international uh, media, they do not reflect the reality because um, their journalists always study the old um, narrative about Afghanistan, mm. right? Many of them do not know about inside Afghanistan, which we were there, right? Mm -hmm. And we know it, right? So, uh, for example, when the um, US uh, government decided to leave Afghanistan, many big international uh, news agencies and media try to convince their readers that that's a good decision, mm. right? And even right now, um, they are sitting in Kabul, right? And they're being fooled by, uh, I mean, uh, Taliban. Taliban do not touch them, right? Mm. Let them to work only in Kabul, right? Mm. And mm. these journalists and these organizations uh, do not understand the realities going on in Afghanistan because they're only in Kabul. They are being censored by Taliban. Mm. And at the same time, they are helping uh, uh, Taliban to make international community fool 
and trick them for recognition, mm. right? This will be the ho- horrible, horrible, horrible time for the world. Mm. If the international community recognize this terroristic group, then it means that they recognize terror, they recognize uh, terrorism, they recognize murder, they recognize cr- criminality, mm. right? Well, uh, it's, it's a really hard time. Yeah, for sure. To, to, to speak to the beauty of Afghanistan, Masood, as you've already touched on, where can people go to see the, the sorts of photos that you've taken and that others have taken to really capture the beauty of Afghanistan? Where, where can we go to find that? Well, uh, uh, my pictures um, and a lot of pictures are in the uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, websites like AFP website, AP, Getty Images and all mm. this. And at the same time, I myself, I try uh, uh, to find an organization to assist me and help me to make exhibition, mm. right? Like uh, I Do you really... have a book? No, not yet, because I was working for AP and AFP. Okay. So I didn't have that because of the, I mean, all limitation that uh, like AP news agency make for their own photographers, right? Mm. So um, uh, still, I don't have the book. Um, I, my website is being destroyed because um, I was just managing it and then Afghanistan was fallen, right? Mm. So um, I have to work on that as well. And then I tried a lot to make an exhibition from 20 years, all uh, like um, life, beauty, problem, girls, women, whatever. In London, I couldn't find the um, source and I couldn't find the support for it, for example. You know, I, mm. I really tried, you know, I really tried much. And mm. then Afghanistan was fallen. And uh, mm. it became the biggest news again, like before, killing, explosion, terrorism, dying, beheading, and all this, right? And that um, uh, argument that I always try to make it to own my pictures doesn't have anybody right now, doesn't have any client, let's say. <laughs> mm. Well, I think, I think there are a lot of people who would be very interested to see that other side of Afghanistan that you've you've talked about, Masood, and, and I think it's 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 very noble work to to continue with in showing the other side to all of this because I, as a Westerner, I haven't I haven't been to to Afghanistan myself, so I'm I'm reliant on again, like you say, the, the Western media because that that's you know I read newspapers in the UK and so they're, they're decent papers. I I, tr- I, do, I do for the most part I trust them. I don't think that they're the sensationalist, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm not there. And so I'm always getting it through somebody else's filter with, and there's always an agenda. It doesn't matter what newspaper you read, there's always an agenda. So far be it from me to tell you how to spend your time, but I, I think there's really valuable work to be done there in, in showing the beauty of the place. Because for so long, like you say, all we've heard about is war in Afghanistan. But it, it just can't be true that, that that's all there is to the place it, it just simply yeah. can't be true and 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 you know that more than anybody so 
I would I would love to see it if you were able to put something together, whether it's an exhibition or a book, and really show the world the beauty of your homeland and reclaim sure. that, reclaim yeah. that, because that's in, that is in your heart forever. That's who you are, regardless of of the political power and the setup. Now, you are an Afghan, and you have a unique opportunity, I think, to represent your country in the wider world, way outside of the the purview of the Taliban. And if, if that's what you if that is what you choose to do, then I wish you absolutely all the very best with it. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for your time to talk today, Masood. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much and good luck. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Real Clear Values podcast with Tom English. If you know anyone who is looking for success that's both meaningful and sustainable for themselves, or their organization, then please send them this podcast. And if you yourself are looking to create a life of purpose, meaning and fulfillment for your own version of sustainable success, then I offer a mentoring program that will get you on your way. Just go to threestewardships.com or message me directly to tom at threestewardships.com. That's tom at threestewardships.com. Until next time, I'm Tom English and I wish you all the best in your own pursuit of sustainable success.